everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Hold On, Let Me Tell It Podcast. Coming to you live <laughs> from the Dongsville Podcast Studio and Toy Museum right here in Janesville, Wisconsin. I am Matt Marbury. With me at the table, Sarah Barfield. Hey, guys. Hey. What hey. did one butt cheek say to the other? Together? We can stop this crap. <laughs> Solidarity. I like it. That's good. Also at the table is Adam Tollefson. Sops. This week, Sops podcast is brought to us by Down the Street Bar and Grill, located at 967 South Jackson Street in Janesville. Stop down on Monday nights. You got free pool, discounted shots of Fireball, Rumplemans, and Goldschlager. And the featured drink of the week, it is oh. High Noon Sunsips. I didn't even know that. I didn't either. I, I love these. I brought these. my own. <laughs> Vodka sodas, man. They're great. Matt was clapping himself at some gnats or something and spilled Sarah's all over the table right before the we nats. started. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. Is, I think Any it's of one. your houses? No. I don't know what it is, but there was like four gnats down here a little while ago. And I don't have like... Yeah, it's not a fruit basket in the, no. in the brown room. <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's not. I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's just pissing me off. You're going to find like a piece of fucking yeah, apple under yes. the chair. It's like one of the from kids. The kiddos. Yeah. Yes. That has happened where um, I've like moved a sofa and there's like a petrified apple yeah. sitting there. Like, Dehydrated. Yeah, it's like an apple chip, but the core is still there. The mosquito oh. from Jurassic Park's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. it out of there in a Barbasol can. No big deal. No biggie. Well, how'd you guys feel about the, the volume one of Creep Show last week? It was good. Yep. I got good feedback from work people. I did too, from work people as well. Um, and Liz, yeah. I just, I don't know. This I love doing this. I'm glad we don't do it all the time because it would just be overkill, but mm-hmm. I do like once a year transforming the show into these creepy uh, yeah. stories. It was overkill a shot to TS. No, negative. <laughs> You're wearing the shirt. Yes. I'm just wondering. Uh, well, since we last sat down, your husband Jimmy's pick on Survivor He's ousted. Gone. He's gone. Did not survive. Big Brad. Big Brad bold. Big Brad left with all of the advantages. Yeah, so you keep getting like, he keeps finding these advantages, but a lot of times it's it's always risk reward this season where it's like, you have this advantage, but it doesn't come to fruition unless other things happen. So, like, the immunity idol has no power until the other people find it on their island. And they have to say, like, remember last week we said that they had to say some, like, wackadoo phrase. Yes. So, two of the tribes now found one. And he he had that. He had another challenge or another advantage. But, but the thing is, a lot of these, he can't. Was it he couldn't vote until. Mm-hmm. So, they don't know that. But he can't cast a vote until the, all the chal- the idols are found. Oh, so you have a you have a big disadvantage until. Is there other ones like that can't? Or since he's gone now, like they're I'm just assuming his null and void. No, like, I'm assuming they'll put it back in play. Okay, That's what they usually Kendra do. asked the same question because he was okay. So one of the guys found one, and he had it like tucked in his shorts or whatever. And it's in this like old timey parchment paper. 
And another player saw it. And she's like, what the fuck is that? And like, and then he had <laughs> hey, to come dude. clean because they were in like a little alliance together, but she wasn't, he wasn't being on the up and up with her. And, uh, um, I got voted off. <laughs> so he, so he's like, oh, I fucked up. Like I made a mental mistake or whatever. Brad like dug a hole underneath his bamboo cot and he was kind of keeping his shit down in there and he'd like throw leaves over it. So Kendra's like, so oh, so another just... dude had it in, in his, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought Brad So had Kendra's it. Gotcha. like, could he, uh, Oh, you're bleeding, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're bleeding? Yeah, you're bleeding. Yeah, you're bleeding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Brad's been hiding his stuff underneath his cot. And Kendra, Kendra's like, so if, when you leave, you get voted off, you have to like leave immediately. She's like, is his shit still there? Like someone Ooh. can dig it up? I go, I don't think so because I think they tell you like pack up all your shit and bring it with yeah. you because oh. you may be voted off. And then so I think, oh, I right. think that's the case. Yeah. yeah, It's not a Robert Hansen. Uh, he doesn't have a, a thing of trophies. <laughs> no, I know? don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a creep show throwback. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. So yeah, Jim's Jim's guy is the first one to go. Who did you pick again? I don't remember. Xander. Xander. Okay, I thought he was going to go last time. To be honest with yeah. you, yeah. Tbh. I was kind of pulling for JD to go, just because, but I think he played at um, Shan's heartstrings, and so she's. I don't she's know. She's the why. girl that she's the pastor. She's a young yeah. pastor. And she's the one that that found that said, "Hey, what's what's that in your pants okay. or whatever?" And he literally was like, "I'll I'll let you hold on to this." Like mm. you got that's how much trust, trust. he tried to put in. It's good move. I, and he wasn't I, talking about his dick. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Matt. Oh, Matt! You want to see that Nat? Matt's ever the Nats. <laughs> I don't know why people haven't flipped on Shan yet. I'm being like, well, obviously she's pulling all the strings. I mean, they could have really unified she has her. like this uh well because she like she's this pastor or whatever right but she she's young and her she also Shan? yeah mm. she i just all, went to a uh in uh snow song <laughs> shan won't turn him in former <laughs> i don't know i know what you're talking about i never knew one word from that song <laughs> that was the only fucking the part i knew i don't know the rap in the middle that wasn't snow right, anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know. Anyway, she she also has this like innocent look about her. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think she's just able to kind of turn on the charm, and you're like, oh, she's harmless. Mm. And it does it does bode well for you to take harmless people with you to the end, and then slice their throat. Yeah, uh, we'll see if she makes it that far. I know, I doubt it. I can't <laughs> wait till we do one of these with our family in the summer. <laughs> yes, right. It might have to be like a weekend. Yeah, it's gonna have to be vote people Did you off. get it no. you didn't get it he's a squirrely bastard oh She's just clapping man for my idea <laughs> yes she is now it's an adam's face what else is going on with you guys i have a funny from friday night um so matt's been there um i get tickets to the uw hockey once in a oh, while yeah yeah and sometimes there's a regular oh. tickets or sometimes the Nicholas Club, where you get to hang out with like Barry Alvarez and eat prime rib. More and shit. importantly, they serve alcohol there. What, yeah. what were and they food. this time? Um, so I thought it was the Nicholas Club. Because <laughs> Ashley's kind of like, yeah, let me know if it's the Nicholas Club. Otherwise, yeah, I'm good. Which I get. I'm not a huge hockey fan either. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in. So we get two tickets. But then I get the tickets. And, like, normally they give you a laminate and shit. 
and I I got tickets and I'm like, ah, fuck. I think I, uh, hun, I think I kind of screwed up. I think these are normal because on the, the price like twenty four bucks. I'm like, no, oh, these yeah. are the we're and that's you're not all. getting food for that. Yes, and I'm like, but you know what? We'll go up a little early and we'll we'll grab something to eat before we go. Like, boom, sounds good. So we went to the Echo Tap. You guys ever been there? No. Uh, it's just right by can or uh, right by the coal oh. center. Coal center. Yep. And um, I think that's so, right by Taylor's apartment. I really. Mm-hmm. Is there a CVS right across the street mm-hmm. by chance? No right shit. There, yep. Awesome. So, like, they have a cool outdoor area. We get there. The brewers are playing. It's when they won. They have lights um, strung up outside. <laughs> yes. And it's, um yeah, it's a bar and grill. Pizza, burgers. And we had a really good, I had a really good burger there. Ashley did too, but mine was a little better. <laughs> what was it? It's called the Echo Burger. So, regular burger. That tells us nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. A brat patty over the top. Okay. Uh, fried uh, caramelized onions. Okay. And then pepper jack and American cheese melted all over it. Now, mm. I normally, I could pass on onions unless they're like that. And then the brat patty, I'm like, if it, if it was a brat, like. Cut up or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm like, I'll, I'll do the, if, it, if it's a patty, it's fine. It was so fucking good. Brewers win. We're drinking good beers. Ashley's like, well, since we're down in the, you know, the, we're, since we're slumming it. Um, she had like three beers, and that's normally fucking huge for her. Uh-huh. And so I, right, right, we got to get going. We actually we we walked in a little late, and of course, two minutes in, um, Michigan uh, scores. We walk in, and we can hear them fucking like, oh shit, let's get to our seats. And then I'm looking on the ticket, and I'm looking up. I'm like, because we sat there before Matt and Kendra came with us, and we sat there before. I'm like, yeah, we went to the right last time. And I'm looking, looking, and we keep going around. I'm like, and then Ashley's like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's the Nicholas Club. <gasps> <laughs> it was? It was. And we wasted. Oh. But here's the good thing. And I'm like, well, we got to eat something. Yeah, my you got to get your pound of flesh. Because my boss, I was like, what'd you guys think? Like, huh? What'd you guys get to eat? You know, and oh, he was there. And he's there. Okay. And I'm like, we're going to have to eat something. And she's like. All right. <laughs> like, oh no! So oh, we go in. Tagged in. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing was like because it's it was literally their first game back for since everything. Wow! So they it wasn't prime rib. It wasn't you know it was. <laughs> We're gonna start out with burgers, not dude brats and nachos, which they like. Yeah. What do you want? Da, da, da. So like out of the ones to miss for the Nicholas Club, yeah. I'm glad we're here. So, but no, we do, you know, we got a couple of chicken tenders and got down on dessert later on and, and it was fine. But that fucking feeling when we saw <laughs> just we're so full. And Ashley's like, Ashley's got three and she's, pints she's in like, her. Yeah. I'm drunk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, my boss is right there. Get it together. Yeah. Or I'm like, go talk to him. I don't she know. She starts motherfucking everybody. <laughs> yeah. sweet. Go get me a raise. <laughs> <laughs> and then her friends were there from another uh, company. Um, Becky, <laughs> Becky, and Eric were there, oh, and fun. so like, yeah, they she went over and visited with them for a minute. I'm like, I can't dip to be like, go leave to a place that we used to work with, or you know, anyone. But yeah, it, it was just funny that whole thing of where the hell is it? Oh, oh no, it's right <laughs> that's there. Funny. That's a great. I mean, that's a that's a fortunate mis- mistake. It is yeah. first world problem, right? Oh, Big I can't time. eat these free nachos yeah. and brats and <laughs> everything good. I have a little bit of a spooky story that Liz... Um, Is this your creep show entry? Mm-mm. Okay, good. No, no, no. So Liz texted me early Saturday morning 
And she's like, I got a funny to share with you. And so it's pre-730. So setting the stage, it's still kind of dark out in the morning, right? God, I hate that, by the way. Oh, it's so dark. Driving the kids to daycare and school and it's dark. Yeah. It's just yeah. disheartening. Anytime when you yeah are doing anything before, like the stuff you need to do and it's still dark. Yeah. Because you know chances are at the end of the day. Eventually it gets to, it's just dark all the time. Yeah, it gets, I know. It's Alaska and Wisconsin eventually. So Liz and Benny are still obviously in their PJs because it's super early. And I don't know what they had to head out into the garage for. But so it's dark out there. And um, they were in the garage and Liz let a fart. <laughs> <laughs> in a scared voice, Ben says, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, Liz says, I farted. <laughs> and Ben goes, oh, I thought something was growling at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I could not even keep it together the whole day when I thought about that. I'm like, that is the fuck. growling at us. <laughs> I can just like picture that whole scene yes, going down. Totally. You know? Oh my god, poor her, Benny. Her Fantastic. laughing on the response. Yeah. Oh. What was that? She's going. <laughs> <laughs> I thought something was growling. At I us. think oh, I love it when kids say stuff like that. It's so funny. Yes. Yeah. When Very we were kids, we couldn't. Um, she was. That's what always gave us away. Was Liz. Laughing. laughing. Liz is laughing. She couldn't keep it together. Like, she can't even now. I know. When she calls with some kind of a story, she can't even get through it. And yes. I'm, just, I'm laughing at her laughing, not at the story. And you don't even, yeah, you don't even you have it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the, uh, we're, so I listen to podcasts a lot of times while I'm taking the kids to school and stuff. They're on their tablets or Maverick's usually on his tablet. Jana's perfectly content to listen to honestly like wrestling podcasts or uh fantasy football podcasts it doesn't matter she just for some reason she just likes to fill her brain i think with like stuff so she'll just be contently listening and the other day they were talking this is they were talking about um i don't know quarterbacks it was definitely quarterbacks and they're like uh who who would you rather have on your team or who would you rather have cousins or car and jana goes car and I go, really, Derek Carr? And she goes, I would rather have a car. I already have cousins. <laughs> and I was like, fucking spot on. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's good. Adam, you went to Crusher Fest. How was that? Oh, it was so fun. What um, is Crusher Fest? So uh, the Crusher was a wrestler... From the here we go, South Ma- Milwaukee, Ma- South Milwaukee's own. He made Milwaukee famous, not Miller beer or anything else. Um, old old timey wrestler. I think he passed in 2013 or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. So he uh, this part of South Milwaukee, they uh, made a, a bronze statue. He's got it. He used to carry a keg, smoke yep. a cigar. Yep. Um, so there's a whole old school wrestler basically. So they have this fest every year. I, th- I can't remember when the statue got put in. I'd never Not been. Not that long ago, actually. It was within the last like five years okay. probably. Okay. So I'd never been. And then 
I've never seen the statue. We I always, still have We it. always talked about going, and then it was postponed last year. So me and Don went up, my father-in-law, and it was it was great. He goes, uh, hey, can we go a little early? I want to stop at this uh, uh, meat market or uh, meat shop I found that's right by there. I'm like, okay. Like we do in Minneapolis, sure. you know? And it was exactly like uh, that. Did you do you go with us that small one? Yes. Yes, with the gypsy bacon. Yes. Okay. So it was like that. It was fucking dope. Like picture swords. <laughs> Which I googled and said you should should still cook that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys are guys are they're just eating it right. Pound out of, the of gypsy bacon, it's called, and they're like eating it right out of the package. Oh. And they're saying you could do that because, like, I think it's implied that like gypsies travel with it, like. You don't have to cook it or keep it like because there's cold enough preservatives. Or, I don't know. Or, it didn't taste like anything. You know what I mean? It tasted like cold bacon, kind of. I don't. Yeah. know. Yeah, it wasn't bad when we did it there. No, but. and nobody got sick. But no. like when I looked it up, they're like, <laughs> still said you should cook it. Have one and move on. Yeah, don't don't sit there and eat a whole pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So we went there first, which was literally across the street from the, the Crusher Fest, and there's a place to park. Um. No fees, like you. It was a free festival, and then they had wrestling. They had gigantic. Uh, they had a bags tourney. They had a big music tent. They had polka. It was like picture Oktoberfest, but with wrestling, but not a ton of wrestling. Like sometimes you go to these events, and it's all wrestling fans. It's this is probably. 40 percent wrestling fans nice that sounds like fun it was great the mayor was there senators were there uh donating plaques and going off about that in front of the statue and they had uh, his daughters uh, were there shows. They, yeah they had they had a wrestling Some show old, like awa wrestlers because the crusher got put into like yes. the awa hall of fame or something like yep. that and some you know eric bischoff and medusa you know former like well-known people from the, yeah. you know back in the day in the 90s or whatever and so can i break in real quick yeah go ahead gypsy bacon is cured bacon with the rind still on beneath the rind it is layers of meat and fat each layer being between one quarter to one and a half inch thick it's sold in slabs about one inch thick gypsy bacon is smoked cured but needs cooking <laughs> I don't know smoked and cured i'm all right for one little little piece sure. yeah but a half pound of it like well, they were like, Get you, here's a little piece. Like, I don't think anybody, well, some Blake people want play quantity. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that place don't have a business. Didn't, oh, no. Didn't, didn't survive the pandemic. Oh, that's that too bad. But I got some kick-ass meat from the South Milwaukee one, and it rules. Go. And they uh, actually sell crusher kibasa. Oh, nice. Did you get so some of that? I do. I got some of that. Did you cook it up? No, man. I'll save it and I have some of you. Yes. Nice. All right. So yeah, it Adam was, always shares the kibasa with me. It was a great. <laughs> it was it was a really cool cool vendors, good food. Um, it like I said, Oktoberfest with wrestling. That's cool, man. Yeah. And did you know that we had a senator, or we do have a senator, or dude on nope. the Senate? I'm already gonna say no. That <laughs> was an indie wrestler. Really? Yeah. He. Uh, there's two of them there. The one dude does his spiel about this is crusher day and you know they're they're doing the plaque thing and then he says would you guys want to see me face my fellow senate member blah 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 in a, in a match down the road and then, of course no yeah, whatever no whatever. yeah <laughs> and then he gets up there and he goes yeah what people don't know is that well and ashley's like no i'd heard that before somebody had heard it before um he's like i used to wrestle in the indies so if, actually first thing he said it was 
all right, that was a good pop. And I'm like, all right, maybe this guy knows his stuff. He's an inside terminology. Yes. And he was like, I used to be Chris crude or something like that. And I'm like, oh, and he's a bigger dude. Yeah, I I could totally see it, Matt. And he's like, so if he, if this Senate guy wants to rouse me down the road, we'd absolutely, he's like, he's going to be in for a crude awakening. And I was like, all right. (laughs) He definitely was. Yeah, he totally was. He worked that into it. It was good food, good times. Yeah. That's fun. I'm going to go to that next year. It was like a two, was it a two or a three day event? It was Friday and Saturday, maybe Sunday. No, it was, yeah, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you do anything fun? It was um, my birthday, so I celebrated that. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. <clears throat> what did, did you do? Oh, just, we went to dinner on Friday night to the Shogun in Rockford. Have you ever been there? It's a hibachi. No. So, have you? No, I've heard. Have you been to JMK and upon? Nope. No, oh. I haven't heard of Shogun. I've only heard of JMK. Yes. Okay. okay. I've heard of that one. So, Did you get it? No. Damn it. What the fuck? This thing's so elusive. <laughs> I think uh, I'm decaying. But yeah, it was good. Uh, we did that and really nothing huge. So no. yeah, it was perfect. I got a lot we of talked about done. the birthday on, on the air, but we never gave her a happy birthday. <laughs> we talked about her birthday before we even Oh, it was? Because <laughs> I sent her a message. Yeah, and that was, that was super cool. We didn't need to talk about it. <laughs> That's the way I feel, too. Um, we had some wrestling here in town. JWA did their sports and collectibles show, and the wrestling show, the second one we've done. There, uh, it was a pretty good turnout. Was we this had, one at the Craig Center still? Yes, it okay. was. The next one is a big one, guys. It is the Thanksgiving throwdown at the Glen Aaron Golf Course, the uh, Celtic House. That's October twenty. No, I'm sorry, November twenty seventh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if tickets are available yet, but if they're not, they should be soon. And we need to pack that place. Oh yeah, hit us up. Pack that. I'm in for that one for sure. Good. This one we had um, former ECW heavyweight champion Justin Credible. Mm, Oh yeah, Adam was talking about in the house, and uh, he did a little bit of business. He sat down with me for like half an hour to do a podcast, um, which you can hear on Dork Side of the Ring if you guys want to check that out. Hmm. And all around, it was a it was a pretty good day, but the wrestling was fun. The main thing that I want to talk about (laughs) is this guy. Um, There was a guy walking around, and because. I'm doing I'm doing commentary for the show, so I kind of get down I get the run sheet, and and I see I see all the matches and I know who's winning all the matches and all this stuff. But I basically just need to know <laughs> I need to know who these guys are because even though you've seen them, they might be coming out to a different name or like you know whatever. It's it's hard subject to change. Yeah, it's been a million times where you know this guy last time was called this and now he's called this. You know, they're maybe they're trying a different a different name or a different gimmick or whatever. Um, but I see this guy walking around and he looks like he's straight out of fucking Cobra Kai, where he's got like the <laughs> pants on, he's got the fanny pack, and he's got like. <laughs> The red leather jacket? Not red leather jacket, but there was something going on with his upper. I don't know if it was like a vest. I think it was a vest. Um, (laughs) And he's got like a headband on and he's like, like fucking jump kick, like literally like jump kicking and stuff in the air and like stretching out and shit. And I'm like, I'm like looking at my run sheet and I'm like, I don't know who this fucking guy is. I don't have him (laughs) on my list. Yeah. And I'm asking a couple people, and they're like, he's not a fucking wrestler, dude. I'm like, wait, what? 
They're like, no, that's SW. He hasn't come over and talked to you yet. And I'm like, no, he is not. And uh, he does eventually make his way over. And he doesn't say, I, but I heard from enough people like, this guy's going to suck up a lot of your time. So he's like, coming. He's coming. Like, <laughs> that every time I would kind of see him mosey on over by me, I would just like mosey on somewhere else. Do something else. Yeah. Um, but I did get a, I did get a uh, business card. Oh. Is it something soul? Spiritual warrior. He calls himself SW. Oh. He, like he introduced himself to me as SW and it says uh, that he's going to be, pre- <laughs> he's running for president. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh, nice. He's Janesville's spiritual leader. That's yeah. what it was. He is Janesville's spiritual leader, in fact. Future I guess. president, Golden Gloves boxer, cage fight champion. And he has his email and phone number. I know. Oh, wow. I thought about live, live calling him. You on know? Dorkside? No, on the, right now. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> I don't want him on Dorkside. That thing's a reputable show. <gasps> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Tyler Baggins shave his beard? That guy looks like in the Dude, picture. this guy, and he never stopped. Like, he never came out of his little, uh, I'd call it gimmick, Martial but I don't know gimmick. if it is. I don't know if he got struck by lightning and he's just kind of like like this, um, but he did not one time like come out of it. The entire time he's there, like he kicked over. We had a we had a, like these. Jake's dad made these like wooden um, barricade. Like basically, we ran a rope, you know, around the yeah. ring kind of thing. He like kicked one over. <laughs> we had to we had I to go tell him like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Like, <laughs> it's like. Uh, Homeboy in uh, Napoleon Dynamite, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, How'd you like to get kicked? <laughs> yeah, a roundhouse, roundhouse kick while knees. Yes. <laughs> and Matt's doing the action too while he's sitting here, dude. It was, I, and I couldn't believe it. He's ha- he had these, <laughs> he had these cards all over the place. I think we do need to call. I don't. I don't know if it needs to be tonight, but I think we. I think we do. Maybe we save it for after. Wait, his show. email is Sailor Jerry. <laughs> That's what threw me off too. I was like, "You're the spiritual warrior, but Sailor Jerry is like a hundred percent. It's like knockoff Captain Morgan, but it's higher proof. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm open to calling SW. I am too. (laughs) I don't think it should be tonight. No, I agree. I think we got a lot of content. And it could be a real creep show. (laughs) Oh my goodness. SW. Yeah. I really thought you guys, I really thought he was a wrestler and I'm like, why the fuck isn't he on here? I don't know where I don't see him on here. And they're like, dude, that's not a wrestler. And I was like, are you out? Are you kidding me right now? Completely by himself. Yes. Interesting. 100%. I didn't see him with anybody else. That's what I heard. And then this other dude walks up to me. Tiny's his name. Guy's about fucking seven feet tall and two hundred and eighty pounds. Yes, heard, and he tells me that. About this too. Yeah, he tells me that he uh, he's one of the guys that like started down and started Windy City Wrestling in Chicago, and like he's been working for X amount of years or whatever. He knows like he ended up buying a couple things from my table. Really nice guy, and then he got plugged into a squash match later on in the day. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It was it was a day, let me tell you. So this weekend coming up, um, my sister Lisa and I 
and Christy, Adam's mom. I'm Madre. Mm-hmm. We're going to Chicago on Saturday to spend the night, and then Sunday we're going to this Van Gogh experience. Oh hell yeah! I've heard good things. Um, I've seen I've seen cool shit too. Yeah, somebody just went. TJ's gone. I feel like Jess is gone. Um, I've seen yeah. a couple people. Gone. Yeah, it looks yeah, yeah. super cool. But we're staying the night <clears throat> in the Drake Hotel. Okay. Oh shit! Which is one of yeah. Chicago's haunted hotels. Yeah, we've talked about the Drake yes. before. Yes. So there's like three instances of um, haunts. Right there's. The story of the woman in red, um, that dates back to 1920, when the Drake Hotel held a New Year's Eve gala. A woman in a bright red dress was in attendance, but found her husband cheating on her in the hotel. The story says that in response to this, she jumped from the building to her death. She is most often rumored to be seen on the 10th floor from which she jumped. What room are you at? I don't know. I didn't ah, get that from Lisa. What else you got? Then it's the grieving parents of Bobby Franks. So I did not remember Leopold and Loeb. Um, this was back in 1924. Yep. But they were rich University of Chicago students yep. who kidnapped and murdered a 15-year-old boy just to see if they could get away with it. Almost immediately after that trial was over, the victim's family sold their Kenwood mansion and moved into the Drake. The father, um, Jacob M. Jacob M. Franks, retired president of the Rockford Watch Company and a millionaire, died of a heart attack in his suite in 1928, just four years after his son was beaten to death. The mother, Flora, also died in the hotel nine years later. Both are interned interred in the Franks family mausoleum along with their son Bobby. Um, at a cemetery, but they both died there. Those two nitwits that decided to see if they could get away with murdering a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. Why would you choose a boy that is the son of a, like, millionaire? Right. Like, they have all the... I mean, I'm not... I'm just... I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if Matt's you're like, going to do it, with some just homeless go to Skid Row. Riff raff, <laughs> yes. That's what I I'm think, saying. I think it was just the notoriety of because they were rich to doing it um and then the last one is the woman in black um one of chicago's weirdest unsolved mysteries occurred on january 19th 1944 adele williams a renowned socialite and the wife of a state department attache was returning to her eighth floor suite with her daughter when a middle-aged gray-haired woman wearing a black persian lamb coat stepped out of the bathroom and began shooting at them both Adele was hit in the head but didn't die until the next day. Multiple witnesses saw the woman in black flee the scene on the eighth floor, but police never solved the case. To make things even weirder, the gun used in the crime was found several days later at the bottom of a stairwell that police had searched thoroughly, and a spare key to Adele's room that had gone missing turned up at the front desk. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. The double back. I hope you're on the 10th or the 8th floor. Yeah, so that... Text you're, me and let me know when you check in. You're going okay. down on Saturday for this? We're, go, we're going Saturday afternoon and spending the night, and then Sunday is the Van Gogh thing. So my dad is watching all the kids, maybe? So I'm going I'm to the... Finn. Me and Kendra are watching Finn. Okay. I'm going with my sisters and their husbands Saturday night to the UW uh, Badger game. And they got some. Oh, maybe you know what? Maybe there are other people are watching them. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm that just same picturing thing. my dad just with all the kids going, "Joe rules." <laughs> I was in charge. Yeah. Me and Kendra were in he, charge he, of seven children last Saturday. Good lord! 
Yep. Sounds like a nightmare. It was. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Matt's absolutely quiet. I wanted to say it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and it wasn't if they would have all just stayed in one spot. But we, we, um, we went down to the Pride, uh, oh, Pride in the yeah. Park thing. So we had like, ended up being our kids, Lee and Emily's kids, and Brian's kids. And it's hard, constantly doing this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then like four minutes later. Oh, we're at five. One, two, three, five. <laughs> I'm at five. Got a scan. I don't know. It was fine. It was fine, but it's a lot. When yeah. you got, It's just a lot to keep track of. You don't have enough eyes, man. Right. By the way, that little mini, like, here's the hotel we're staying at, beats my creep show tonight, I feel like. Yeah, oh, it I, does? I, I, yeah, I just got this little short story. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's still going to be. We'll judge you. We'll yeah. be really judgy. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Well, Matt, Matt will. Yeah. That's not my style. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, take a break. Come back with some creep show. Perfect. Sound good? Volume two of the 2021. Hold on, let me tell it. Creep show. I can see the hair standing up on the back of your neck, Sarah. It is. They are. We're going to kick things off with Adam. This one's called the black phone. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, <laughs> should we t- touch you on that real quick? Yeah, sure. That was good. Uh, Adam, I, I yeah. showed uh, uh, Matt and Sarah a new um, trailer coming out. For a movie called The Black Phone. I think it has Ethan Hawke in it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a, a, a different take on uh, some creepy, like, abductor. Child yeah. abduction. I yes. don't generally like movies where children are the focus of harm or abduction. Do you think there's or... someone out there who's like, this is my jam? No, but I think it makes, <laughs> for some reason, I think it makes, it's extra cringery yeah. to me. I don't know. Why do you think Stephen King got rich? Yeah. True. It, the the black phone though that watch it looks the trailer legit. it does it, it pull up the trailer watch that sucker and I, me and Sarah are watching it and I swear like there was thirty seconds of my life that I don't know what was going on like, <laughs> I was just so enthralled with what I was watching I was like holy shit I don't know who It'll directs it or anything for yeah sure. it looks good Ooh. or creepy you I know? think yep. it's February they said yeah yeah oh man because who would you know it's Valentine's Day, you might as well. Yeah, drop your date night. Movie Another <laughs> yeah. bloody Valentine. No, this is a, a a short story. It's called The Chair. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived for a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring its dusty corners, climbing the apple tree in the backyard. But our favorite thing was the ghost. We called her mother because she seemed so kind and nurturing. Some mornings, Betsy and I would wake up, and on each of our nightstands, we'd find a cup that hadn't been there the night before. Mother had left them there, worried that we might get thirsty during the night. She just wanted to take care of us. Among among the home's originally original furnishings was an antique wooden chair which we kept against the back wall of the living room. Whenever we were preoccupied watching TV or playing a game, Mother would inch that chair forward across the room toward us. 
Sometimes she managed to move it all the way to the center of the room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we moved out, I found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, who was a widow. She'd murdered her two children by giving them a cup of poisoned milk before bed. Damn it, Adam. Then she hung herself. (gasps) The article included a photo of the farmhouse's living room with a woman's body hanging from the beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was that old wooden chair placed exactly in the center of the room. Dang, that was good, Adam. I liked it. It was good. Short but creep. It was a twist. It was a twist, (laughs) for sure. You want me to go? You want to go last? What do you want to do? I don't care. I don't, you decide. All right, I'll go. I think I went last. Did I go last last week? I think I did. All right, so this is, um, this is something that I stumbled across. Do you remember, I don't know, a month, two months ago or whatever, when I did that show for you guys or that game for you guys called eBay or No Way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things that was... Uh, one of the items that I made up was a hubcap from the car that James Dean passed away yes. in. Yes. When I did that, um, I stumbled upon this story about apparently the car that James Dean died in is cursed. Um, the car's name is Little Bastard. It was written on, like painted on there by like a pinstriper or whatever. Um, so I did some digging on that and found out some pretty cool stuff about that. Okay. All right. So this is the curse of James Dean's little bastard. James Dean's career as an actor and race car driver was cut tragically short on September 30th, 1955, when his little bastard Porsche 550 Spider was involved in a catastrophic collision on the way to a race meeting. The 24-year-old Dean was killed instantly but Little Bastard would go on to cause considerably more trouble. I can't believe he was only 24, by the way, when he yeah, passed. Right? That's nuts. He left a legacy for only being so for being so young, right? Yeah. I mean, just like a legend, I guess, right? It's crazy. Him and Tupac. Yeah. By the way, I saw two <laughs> weird license plates this week. One, Janesville. In Janesville, Wisconsin license plate. Tupac, RIP. And then Volbeat. Weird. Yeah. Moving on. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) In fact, Little Bastard had caused upsetting feelings almost from the moment Dean bought it. A week before the fatal crash, Dean met British actor Alec Guinness in Los Angeles. Guinness had an ominous feeling on seeing the Porsche and would later write it in his diary. The sports car looked sinister to me, exhausted, hungry. Feeling a little ill-tempered in spite of Dean's kindness, I heard myself saying in a voice I could hardly recognize as my own, please never get in it. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. Wow. Dean laughed it off and set about preparing the car for the Salinas sports car race with his Porsche mechanic, Rolf Wutherich, enlisting stuntman Bill Hickman to help out. The original plan was to tow Little Bastard to the races, but Wutherich felt it would be better for Dean to get used to the spider and break the engine in. On that fateful Friday, Wutherich sat next to Dean while Hickman followed with his truck and trailer. Police pulled over the convoy 
and issued a pair of speeding tickets just outside of Bakersfield, California. It didn't slow Dean down one bit. Soon after, Dean was barreling along Route 46 in an estimated 85 miles per hour when Donald Turnipseed, a young student from California Polytech State University, driving a Ford Tudor, decided to make a sudden turn onto Route 41. The impact sent the Ford almost 40 feet down the road and injected Witherich from the Porsche. Yes. Dean was pronounced dead on arrival at the Paso Robles War Memorial Hospital at 6.20 p.m. Despite being declared a total loss by the insurance company, the car was sold on and would continue to cars, cause carnage wherever, or, wherever it or even parts of it went. Dr. William Ezrich bought the Porsche from a salvage yard in Burbank and proceeded to strip it for parts. Ezrich installed the Porsche's engine into his Lotus 9 race car, then loaned the transmission and suspension parts to fellow doctor and racer Troy McHenry. Ezrich crashed the Lotus at the 1956 Pomona sports car races, surviving, but McHenry wasn't as lucky. He hit a tree and was killed in the same exact race. And so the curse of the little bastard gained strength. <clears throat> Dean's Porsche carried on. Shortly after the crash, publicity monger and self-proclaimed king of customs, George Burns, who created the Batmobile and the Munster coach, amongst other cars, bought the Spider, promising to rebuild it. When the mangled frame was found to be beyond recovery, Barris chose to capitalize on the car car's notoriety the porsche was loaned to the los angeles chapter of the national safety council and from 1957 to 1959 it went on a gruesome tour of car shows cinemas and bowling alleys in march of 1959 while in storage in fresno california the car mysteriously caught fire it suffered remarkably little damage two melted tires and some singed paint Unfortunately, the fire didn't spread to other vehicles in storage. Meanwhile, Barris had sold a pair of the tires from the 550 and both reportedly blew at the same time, causing the new owner to veer off the road and into a ditch. There are other stories of Little Bastard's post-accident life. The car is said to, to have fallen from its display while on show in Sacramento, breaking the hip of a bystander. The spider also reportedly fell on and killed George Barkas, the driver who transported it to a road safety expo. Finally, the Porsche is rumored to have disappeared from a sealed boxcar in 1960 while en route from Miami to Los Angeles. Some believe that Barris, ever the showman, fabricated the story as a way of keeping the car's mystique alive. Despite a million-dollar reward for information being offered in, in 2005, the whereabouts of the Porsche 550 Spider remain unknown. With Barris himself now gone and no sign of the car for 60 years, the end of Little Bastard's haunting story may never be revealed. Update. In 2005... In conjunction with an exhibit marking the 50th anniversary of Dean's death, Chicago Volvo Auto Museum made a public offer to buy the car for $1 million from whoever had it. A decade's worth of tips since have proven dead ends, uh. except one. 
In 2015, the museum received a call from a man in Whatcom County, Washington, who said that as a boy in the 1960s, he had witnessed the car being hidden behind a false wall of a building by his father and some of his father's friends. Oh, shit. To assure they weren't being sent phantom chasing, museum officials asked the man to take a polygraph test. He did and passed with flying colors. Officials were then keeping the man's identity and that of the building that allegedly hides Dean's famed car in secret while attorneys work out all the applicable legalities. Once a deal is reached, the world may finally learn the fate of Little Bastard more than six decades after its legendary owner's violent death. Uh, It doesn't look like the tip did any good locating the car, however. But in October 2020, Porsche collector and U.S. businessman Don Aaron revealed the discovery of the parts, which include the Porsche's chassis, engine, and gearbox slash transaxle. The transaxle is stamped with the correct factory serial number, 10046. According to release, the assembly may be the only documented and provable part of the James Dean-affiliated vehicle that exists today. The transaction has transaxle has been in continuous documented ownership and it has been authenticated by experts as far back as 1984 as being the original component to the 550 owned by Dean. Uh, the parts were found in a rural Massachusetts uh, warehouse after being stored in a wooden crate and hidden from view for over 30 years. But that still leaves 30 years of their existence unaccounted for. Uh, the transaction is currently mounted in a display stand that was custom fabricated for it. In the future, the current owner expects to sell the piece to a museum or collector. So that was in 2020. And sell it did. On June 5th, 2021, sold on Bring a Trailer, which is like eBay, yeah. but only for cars. Yep. Uh, that transaxle sold for a whopping $382,000. Damn. The purchaser is thought to be Zach Baggins, star of the Travel Channel series Ghost Adventures and owner of the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. Mm. So if he is, in fact, the buyer, it may soon be on display (laughs) for public viewing. That was good. And I did pull up a picture of it. It's pretty cool. I've heard about uh, some of this. Like, he owned different cars, but nobody gives a fuck about the one. Everybody only cares about Little Bastard. Yeah. Like, even their their parts are getting way, 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 way more, you know, um, offers than... Like you can have his old Corvette, <laughs> yeah. This for, is for fifty grand. You know what I mean. This is a picture of the parts that are remaining. This wow. transaxle. Yeah, that's that's three hundred eighty-two yeah. grand is what that sold yeah, for. No one gives a shit about the the shit he had. Is like, no, give me the one he died in. Yeah, it's very macabre. Yeah, give me the parts he died Dang. in. You know, it's crazy. Ugh. But I just it's thought that was funny. That, that the, was good. The just leading to that, it's, I was just trying to come up with some bullshit thing to put up for that game. And I stumbled across that, and right. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I even him hawed about not doing it, and then the more I read about it, I was like, I think this is a good creep show fodder. I want to yeah. see a picture of the actual car. Oh, I'll show you that, too. Okay, good. <clears throat> that was, I liked it, Matt. Thank you. It was unique. So, I'm going to get started while I pull up the car. Is that good? Yeah. Well, I got the car. Oh, you got the car. 
Send in the car. Little bastard. Send in the car. A lot of car talk tonight. Oh my gosh. Whether it be Derek or Jimmy Dean. Oh yeah, that's not. Yeah. And it's convertible too. And there's like $3 million in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dang. Crazy. So my creep show is a short story um, by Molly Rogers, and it's called The Girl in the Gothy House, or The Gothy House. Um, it's about trapped souls. Okay. Okay. I pass under the words Gothy Family Estate and grapple with a queer feeling of unease. The archway is flanked by faceless statues, their features worn smooth by wind and rain. The path to my right leads down the hill past rows of uniform headstones to the old convent. <laughs> Ahead of me stands the Gothy Manor House. The convent was closed decades ago, and the Gothy House has been abandoned for over a century. The only building on the estate that is still occupied is half a mile away, the former Catholic girls' school, now converted to a nursing home for ailing and aging nuns. Huh, aging nuns are the worst. <laughs> the breeze lifts the hair from the back of my neck. I hug my jacket tighter around me and walk straight. I cannot place the source of my discomfort. Graveyards hold no dread for me, and I have spent much time inside crumbling buildings. Perhaps it is the trees that grow alongside the path, brought from faraway places and replanted at the Gothi family's command. Perhaps I can sense they do not belong. The Gothi house looms larger as I approach. It is made of a yellow stucco that looks out of place in the gray light of the Pennsylvania autumn sun. It looks tired, with peeling paint and sinking edges, but, strangely, all the windows are intact. I lean down to inspect a monarch drinking from a thistle that pushed its way up through a crack in the stone walkway. It is late in the season to see one, and the unexpected beauty makes me smile. I hear my grandmother's voice. Butterflies are pretty, but moths are special. They carry souls to the moon. But what happens when a moth gets trapped inside, I had asked her. Then the soul is trapped too. Why do you think so many houses are haunted? The insect flutters upwards and drifts past a second-story window. A pale face peers from it, watching me from a room I know is empty. I raise my hand to the girl in greeting when bony fingers wrap around my wrist and whip me around. An ancient nun drags my face closer to hers. A few solitary teeth jut from her gums like crumbling gravestones in a forgotten cemetery, and her breath is sharp and sour. It consumed the sisters who walked without feet, she spits her eyes boring into mine, as if, I, as if she could burrow her thoughts into my head by the force of her stare. Her roomy eyes fill with tears. Don't let me die here, she weeps, as two women appear by her side to, bri to pry her clenched fingers from my arm. Not here, not here. One of the nurses leads the old nun away, patting her back and murmuring in soothing tones. The taller one remains and fusses over my wrist. I'm awfully sorry about that. Did she hurt you? I'm fine, I assure her. I apologize if I did something to disturb her. No, no, Sister Agnes is not well. She was pulling one of her weekly runners. She twists my wrist this way and that. If I may ask, who are the sisters who walk without feet? She shrugs. The babblings of dementia. When she is satisfied my arm is still in working order, she steps back. I'm supposed to tell you not to be so close to the house. You can walk around the estate. It's pretty this time of year. It's just that house is not structurally safe. 
I nod in acquiescence, looking at the crack that runs from the base of the house all the way up the three floors. The nurse shivers. This place gives me the willies. Her voice drops to a whisper. Supposedly, before the convent was closed, two separate nuns tried to burn it down. The eastern wall bows out slightly. Someday it will split open like an overripe carcass. The nurse claps her hands together. The noise bounces off the house walls. Welp, I better get back before I get in more trouble, she grimaces. Sister Agnes is old, but gosh, she's fast. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) I wave at her as she trudges across the field towards the nursing home. Before heading towards the old convent building, I look again at the second story window. It's empty. It doesn't matter. I'll find her when I return tonight. This will not be my first ghost encounter, nor my hundredth. Yet that strange, foreboding feeling still clung to me as I hurried past the trees, their silhouettes made monstrous in the moonlight. It dogged me as I completed the pedestrian portion of communing with the spirits, the breaking and entering part. I successfully jimmied the lock to the heavy oak doors at the front of the Gothi house and slipped inside. I now find myself standing in the atrium, the yellow-green of the walls faintly visible in the moonlight. It reminds me of a summer sky before a tornado. The moon is bright tonight, and my nighttime vision has always been excellent. I creep deeper into the house. It has been gutted. All the furniture and paintings have having been removed years ago. Dust blankets every surface like a layer of snow. The air is stale and dry. Hello, I say softly to the little girl at the top of the grand staircase. I'm here to set you free. I would estimate she is about seven. She is wearing a white dress, frothy with lace, and her blonde hair is the disagreeable kind that hangs limp and refuses to hold a curl. The room is dark, but she herself has a pulsating glow. She is pouting. Hello, I whisper again. I'm here to free you if you can take me to your wings. I pick my way across the squeaking floorboards. I put my right foot down and the board underneath splits. My foot goes through the hole and I pitch forward. I land hard and grunt as the air is pushed from my body. I can feel the splintered edges rake against my ankle. I'm sure it has drawn blood. Wincing, I gingerly extract my foot from the hole. I turn on my flashlight, and the girl vanishes. I turn it off, and she is waiting at the top of the stairs. I sigh and continue towards the stairs in the dark. I prod each board thoroughly with my shoe before transferring my weight. I reach the banister, and the moon better lights my way. Show me where your wings are, I say. The girl spins and rushes down a hallway. I follow. She reaches the third door on the left and passes through it. I catch up and twist the doorknob. The door swings inward and I enter. Aside from a brick fireplace, the room is empty. I limp to the window. I can see the spot in which I stood this afternoon. I turn on my flashlight and crawl around on the floor but can find no dead moths. I search in the corners and under flaps of sagging wallpaper but come up empty-handed. My hip clips... My hip clicks and my ankle is throbbing i sit against a wall massage my knees then turn off my flashlight where are your wings i call out she appears next to the fireplace and extends a finger i frown i already looked at the fireplace i tell her she stamps a scrawny leg making no sound and disturbing no dust she jabs her finger insistently i scoot towards the fireplace and follow the the line of her arm to a black brick Her otherworldly shine makes it easy for me to see that the brick is not mortared in place, but rather juts out. 
The brick is rough against my finger pads as I shimmy it back and forth until it is loose enough to remove. Behind the brick, I find a small box tied with twine. I look at the girl. She is across the room now near the window with her head cocked to one side. I take the box from the recess and blow off a thick layer of dust, then untie the twine. I unlatch the box and lift the lid. Inside is a dead black moth. I can't imagine how it got here. Not caught, I think, entombed. I think of that yellow-green sky. I lift the box toward the girl. These are your wings? She nods, her eyes big and mournful. I can easily imagine her sitting dejectedly in front of a mirror as her mother pulls at her wilted hair, trying to make it presentable. I wonder who she was and what happened to her. She is just a child trapped alone in this comfortless house for a century. I have helped countless others like her. I offer her a smile. We'll take it outside and set you free. Her timid smile meets mine. I am about to close the box when I see the wings of the moth flutter. It is almost imperceptible, perhaps, a mere trick of the light or my breath disturbing the paper-like corpse. Then it shivers again. I had wiped dust from the box. It had been undisturbed for many, many years, and yet the moth had moved. My eyes slide sideways. I can see the girl on the edge of my vision, her face. There is something about her face. Something trembly, like her skin is about to slip off. I snap my gaze to her. She looks normal, as normal as a ghost can look. Still, these are your wings? My tone is soothing, loving. She nods emphatically and runs into the hallway, beckoning me to follow. I hesitate, then shine my light on the box. The moth is grotesque and disfigured. It has eight legs when it should have six. Its wings are hard and shiny, its body too long. Is it even a moth? Mm. (laughs) It consumed the sisters who walked without feet was what Sister Agnes said, the sisters who walked without feet. I had walked the grounds this afternoon, walked through the empty convent and the servants' quarters, stood outside the former girls' school, now a nursing home. I would expect a place this old, a place with this much history, to be teeming with tethered spirits, and yet I found only one. A cold fist clenches around my heart. I turn off my flashlight. She stands in the center of the room. Did you eat them? I ask quietly. The others? She is trembling, struggling. Her face wobbles. Then she slumps. Her arms droop and the glow goes out. Dark spots bloom on her face, spreading, taking the place of her eyes and her mouth. They are made of black liquid, of smoke, of nothing. Her eyes are gaping wounds of darkness, her mouth a black maw. It's like she it's like she bleeding she's bleeding shadows. She is still wearing that frilly white dress. It drifts towards me. My heart batters against my ribs. It's a ghost. It floated through a door. It couldn't move the brick. It can't touch me. It can't touch me. It tugs on my hand. I feel its fingers. Flesh. It can touch. My leg feels warm. I realize I have wet myself. I smile at the creature and close the box. All right. Let us set you free. I make my way back down the hallway and begin my descent down the staircase, slowly. In one hand, I hold the box with its soul, and in the other is my flashlight. I cannot set it free, I must, but I must give no indication that I want to flee. Fire. The nuns try to burn the house down. It is beside me, in front of me, behind me. 
It appears and vanishes, circling me, assessing me. Tears leak from my eyes. I cannot tell if my heart is racing or or if it has stopped altogether. Maybe, maybe I can set the house on fire. I can get outside, get outside without the moth. I can hear it fluttering inside the box. It wants to get out. I smile tenderly into the darkness. I know it is watching me, though it has no eyes. Let's set you free. I latch the box shut, retie the twine. I'll watch as flames devour the house, devour the thing inside. I'll laugh in the light of the hungry blaze. The girl is in front of me. It touches my hand. I blanch. It knows. It knows. It knows. I blind it with the flashlight, shining the brightness as its grotesque face. Nothing happens. It doesn't vanish. It's not frightened by the light. It was toying with me before like a cat with a mouse. I scream and hurl the box into the depths of the dark house. I race toward the gap in the doors, toward the tendrils of moonlight peeking through, toward safety, and my foot hits the edge of the hole in the floor. My heel dangles over nothing. I almost regain my balance. Tiny, delicate fingers wrap around my ankle and yank. I hear a snap. I crumble. I try to pull my leg from the hole, but I nearly pass out from the pain. My leg feels wet, so wet, and I know I'm bleeding profusely. I scream for help, scream as loudly as I can, but only my ears can hear it. I'm dizzy. I taste copper. I try to crawl towards the door, but the jagged pieces of wood trap my leg, trap me. My flashlight has rolled out of reach. The bulb flickers and goes out. In the darkness, I hear the fluttering of wings beating against a box. It stands over me toying, waiting. It only eats the dead. No moth will carry my soul to the moon. <laughs> I like how she said short story. five pages. <laughs> it was creepy. Yeah. That one I wasn't positive about, but it was all right. I liked it. There was times, much like watching that trailer, I was just like, <laughs> I felt like the world around me just stopped and I was just like looking at you. <laughs> Uh, like 10 minutes ago I was like oh she's gonna be the face in the window and then oh. and then it kept going and I was like oh this is this is way more fucked up than yeah. I thought it was gonna be <laughs> it's great when it's I started good. it I first kind of hoped that she was like you know freeing tethered souls or yes well, it sounded she like had the good intentions yeah. it sounded like the good fight you know yeah Matt, she was just an evil Matt girl. said uh god damn the old nuns right yeah like have you have you met any other ones Old, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> Nuns are. A I've old never met name. a young nun. No, I guess I. What's up either. with that? One time, I don't know. Maybe last summer, we're out, I'm outside with the kids, and this guy's walking down the street, and he's in like full priest gear or whatever. But he's young. He was like, I'd I'd peg him in his early twenties, and I was like, "What's going on, man?" And he was on the other side of the street. And I'm like. What's your deal, man? <laughs> and he like walks across the street and come over. I'm like, what are you doing with that outfit? I'm like, I wanted to know what was going on. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm a pastor down here, whatever. And I'm like, oh, shit, I thought you were just dressing up. And he's like, nope. <laughs> he nice didn't, guy. But he didn't like. Um, no, he, he okay. read the room and realized that. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't trying to I sell was down you. With the Church of Satan. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. No, he was not trying to sell me. He was just. Yeah, it was. It's weird. Like you say, it's weird to see a young person. 
Yeah. In that role. The only young nun I can remember is in Dogma, and it's Matt Damon as Loki or whatever, right? Is he yeah. Loki in it? And he's. T- <laughs> ben Affleck walks up to him mid conversation with the nun, and he's like, and it's just the nun going, what? A-? Or no, Matt Damon's like, um, Sister, you need to go out and find whatever. Yeah. Find a man yeah. or a woman or anything, whatever you like, to satisfy your life. And she's like, what have I been doing with my, my life? life? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a part of the whole. He's like the angel of death. <laughs> He's the angel of death. She's like, what have I been doing with my life? And she dips. I like how then- he kills everybody in the place. <laughs> In that one scene, and except for the one girl, and she's just like scared. He's like, "You have a pure soul." You said, "Bless me no, when I sneeze." No, that was the thing. But you didn't say, "God bless me when I sneeze." That's and he right. pulled the gun off. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Uh, have you guys um, seen or heard of Midnight Mass? It's on Netflix. No, like a short limited series. Yes, uh, two things. Um, one same creators or director or something like that from House of Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I've seen both of those seasons of that. Yeah, bam. Oh, I didn't. I never saw the second season. Okay, so same. I think director or mm-hmm. producer or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've seen the trailer for it, and then I've seen some people that have been watching it, like really good. But then they do the, but it's not that. I'm like, well, it's not. It's not supposed to be that. Yeah, or not as good as that. Maybe they say. But I'm like, you it's can't. Different. You can't. It definitely it's different. Is apples different. and oranges. I've heard yeah. very, very, very fucking good. I re- I watched it. The it was uh, good. Haunting the of Hill thing? House. Mm-hmm. Really, the second season, if you will, or whatever, is called Haunting of Bly, Ma- Bly Manor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what I. And it uses the same um, actors. It's kind of like what they're doing with American Horror Story. Uh, same actors, but it doesn't really. It's one not, thing, it's not one thing doesn't have anything to do yeah. with the other. Right. I don't. I like that in American Horror Story for a little bit. And then I got sick of it. Mm. It didn't bother. It didn't bother me in this because it's completely. It's set completely different, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess it is there too. But I really liked that haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. I liked both of them, and yeah. and I did like Midnight Mass. And there's a couple of people from the haunting of Hill House, like the dad. Okay, is in Midnight Mass, and one other person. Um, one other. That's an ET it. guy, right? Yeah. Yes, um, Elliot. That's crazy, Elliot. That's holy Elliot. shit! That's I Elliot. did not realize that. <laughs> what? Since day one, that's yeah. Elliot. Wow. Since Haunting of Hill, he's in Haunt. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I now I can see it right. plain as day, but I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I did, but Brian, I did not know well, that. It's uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a wrestling joke. You guys are dorks. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> uh, anything else from you guys? I just have a hot shower thought. Ooh. <laughs> it's not really hot. <laughs> a hot shower. <laughs> a hot shower yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You got nothing? No. I got nothing either. That was a uh, fucking awesome story. It was. We'll be back oh, next great. week. For uh, volume three of Creep Show, we'll send you off with a hot shower thought, everybody. All right, guys, here's a tip. If you ever decide to take apart a bird's nest to see how it's made, first make sure it's not somebody's basket they got in South America. (laughs) (laughs) Fast.